<laughs> Welcome to the Skeleton Cruise, a Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. It's time to relive the nightmares with your hosts, Jamie Jenkins, Dave Z, Michael J, and Alex Edwards. Get ready for an in-depth look into the movies that haunted your dreams since 1984. So put down that coffee and toss that bottle of Hypnosil. <laughs> if you think you'll get out of this retrospective alive, you must be dreaming. <laughs> What's up, guys? It is the Skeleton Crew, and we are back. This is our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective, where we go through every single Nightmare on Elm Street movie for June and July this summer. That's what we're doing this summer, guys. So this is Alex, and uh, something's trying to get inside my body, and I'm here trying to get some sleep with Jamie Jenkins. What's up, Jamie? Screw sleep! Yes, yes, sleep will kill you. Now it's time to sit down with my main man, Dave Z. What's up, Dave? Well, fuck you, Will! Fuck you! You sit down! Yeah, Alright, I'll sit down, sure. And last but not least, it's slumber party time with Michael J. How's this for a wet dream? Well, those are the only ones I remember, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so we're excited here, guys. It is the eight weeks of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I said, for all of June and July, we are going to release one show a week for eight straight weeks for eight movies. All right, I got my hypnosil. I am ready to go. And for anyone who is listening to this, uh, just for this retrospective, and you're not a regular of the Skeleton Crew, if you like what you hear, go to horrorphilia.com. And check out our other retrospectives. We did full in-depth retrospectives for Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Psycho Movies, Evil Dead, The Hatchet Movies, The Jaws Movies. We did a retrospective on The Scream Movies. We did a Stephen King retrospective, a David Cronenberg retrospective, a Sleepaway Camp retrospective. So check those out if you like what you hear this time, guys. So we'll be right back. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nightmare on Elm Street. Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street. Rated R. Welcome to prime time, bitch. You are all my children now. Hey. 
Alright guys, so we are talking about A, everybody leaves out the A, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. Uh, this movie stars, uh, I don't have them in front of me, but I think I remember all the names, Heather Lankenkamp as yes. Nancy, John Saxon as uh, her dad, Donald Thompson, Lieutenant, Amanda Weiss as Tina, Yep. Uh, Robert England, he played, who did he play again? Freddy, right? Yeah, yeah, Fred. Fred. Yeah, in that film, he's Fred Krueger. Yeah. Fred, okay. <laughs> he played Fred in the movie. And, uh, yeah, so that's all, really, to say. What do you guys think of this movie overall? This is a groundbreaking film. Uh, Freddy Krueger is probably the most creative and interesting uh, slasher, I guess you could say, of, of all, I think. It's so it's what a fascinating uh, concept to come up with that a guy you go you you know you're safe figuratively forever until you go to sleep when you're completely helpless and at that time you have what we all can relate to nightmares if you have the wrong nightmare you might not wake up I don't know how he decides he's gonna kill you at that particular dream or whatever but uh, he kills you in your dream and it manifests physically on your body so if he cuts your throat with his uh, razor blade fingers uh, your throat gets opened up in real life and you die <laughs> so that is amazing I mean you can't do anything about it the cops can't help you your boyfriend can't help you your little brother can't help you everyone's the final girl here you know I mean think about it you're the final there's nothing to be done so what do you guys think of that concept Wait, is that an amazing concept to you? I will say it's fucking great. It's a great concept. It's a scary concept. Uh, just on paper, it's a scary thought. Everybody has to fall asleep. Everybody has to. Everybody does dream, and you're helpless. So, yeah, it's it's a great idea. And and um, as far as execution, I think the execution is great too. I think this movie is chock full of classic scenes in, in the horror genre. Right. They they brought the idea to life the right way, you think? I mean, look, it's it's the first horror movie that I ever saw. I can remember I was like five years old, and I was sleeping over my cousins for the night, and they went to West Coast, I think it was, and they rented a movie. And I was like, hmm. So, of course, you know, being young me, I'm like, okay, you know, we could check this out. It should be interesting. The next thing you know, I was, like, immersed in this whole horror world. And I loved it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from there I went, I went, um, I didn't sleep for a week after I saw the movie. So it really worked. The way Jaws made you afraid to go in the water, Freddy really made you afraid. Now, how old were you when you were afraid to fall asleep? Well, you figure I probably saw it in probably 85. Whenever it first came out on VHS... Is, is when we rented it and I saw it. So I would I would guess around 85, probably somewhere in there. Wow. You know, and then I went and I got the Freddy pajamas and all that stuff. <laughs> Freddy pajamas? Yeah. That's a fucking oxymoron right there. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right? That's like the weirdest thing to do. Yeah, they yeah. had, um, they had... I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get the Jaws raft. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, the, the Freddy pajamas, they were great. They were, it was like a shirt. That had the uh, red and green stripes down the arms. Oh my god! And it had the Freddy silhouette on it, and it said "A Nightmare on Elm Street" on the shirt, and the pants were like red. Wow! I I had a lot of fun wearing my uh, psycho shower cap. 
That was incredible. <laughs> yes. In my Friday the 13th tent. <laughs> yes. Didn't it say Friday the 13th on it? And it was like a nice like butcher knife and the hockey mask was on there. And... Yeah, fake blood painted on. Everything. Nice. Beautiful. Amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. Freddy is such a dark, or should I say Fred Krueger is such a dark character and uh he's he's a little bit of a wisecracker you know he has a sense of humor he holds his fingers up he chops them off and green shit spews out of him yeah that was great like tina watch this see that's just scary (laughs) yeah but he knew how to he knew let's just talk about freddy as we're doing each movie though because we all know what eventually takes place let's try to just keep it here for now he has a sense of dark sense of humor still or <laughs> to begin with, he, you know, the the um, iconic scene where he, when his his arms expand across the entire alleyway and scratches the two fences. That's a little, it doesn't look exactly how I think they wanted it to, but it still works, you know. I guess, but I honestly think that looks better and more freaky from a dream perspective. Like if you're having a dream and that would happen, I would expect it to look a little fucked up that way, more so than if they did that scene nowadays and, and then just had it. Yeah. yeah, like CGI, like just expanded his arm like he was fucking Stretch Armstrong. You know? I think it works for that reason. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you got these characters, uh, Nancy, her friend Tina, uh, Nancy's boyfriend. Uh, oh, I forgot to say, Johnny Deep was in this movie. He's oh. a- Johnny Deep. <laughs> Introducing Johnny Deep. Yeah. John- <laughs> oh, I'm reading it wrong. I'm sorry. Johnny Depp. I wrote. Ah. I, I put two E's instead of two P's. Ah. Uh-huh. So, Deep. So, was this a porno? <laughs> they should make a porno Deep. parody where the guy bangs you while you're sleeping. Or where he bangs your pussy with the razors and you like you cut your pussy up i think they did that mike <laughs> i think you Didn't know what i think about you might on be the right. porno show alex found something online and it was a, a nightmare on elm street porno parody look it up alex yeah you have the resources. well that'd be cool if like you woke up with a puddle on your stomach yes <laughs> oh, to start off we we you know we talk about funny things that make us laugh we're not making fun of the movies or ripping on them they're just funny and they're worth having a good time over. I guess Tina's having nightmares, so she asks her friends to come over, Nancy and Johnny Deep. They <laughs> they come over the house to sleep over. They uh, do, and then this boyfriend of Tina's comes over, and he, like, jumps from behind and grabs the guy, and then all of a sudden they start bickering. A guy pulls a knife out, and I didn't know what was more ridiculous. That, I like, the fact that I feel like I'm watching West Side Story, or... That Nancy, the way she grabs the knife out of his hand and just looks at him while she undoes it, makes it go back down and hands it back to him. <laughs> like I'm like, oh my god, this is so corny. Yeah, because it was what a, about... a switchblade knife. It was like one of those things that you press the button. I think so. Yeah, it's the '80s, man. I, yeah, I think but I then had he had those. the other thing, the the fucking the the three pronged thing that he used to like scrape around or whatever too. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't you guys think? The beginning is fucking great with Tina's first dream and 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 and, and Freddy making his glove and while well, he's still a human and mm. like the atmosphere of it and then when the music comes in, brown. yeah. Dee, dee, dee. This movie just has a there's so much so many things going on in this movie that are just such excellent touches that you don't even see as the series progresses. Like they just. 
to me, they did everything right here with with the music and the presentation. I forgot to say the opening scene is Freddy building his glove. Yeah, it's cool. As a normal guy before he was set on fire. It's creepy. That was great. But it was cool. I mean, and Tina, honestly, you're watching this movie. Don't you guys think that Tina is that this movie is going to be about her? Yep. Not Nancy. I exactly. I thought that. That's what's so cool about it, because Nancy comes later the next night. So they pulled the, uh, again, the psycho switch. Yeah, the bait and switch. They did, I think. Right, wow. Everyone's doing that. All the greats did it. Think about it. What about the goat running down the hallway? What was that all about? I don't know. What is with the goat? Mike, is a goat like a devil uh, symbol or something? Yeah, it's like, it's it's pagan or something, isn't it? Right. So Freddy's a a pagan. He's a biker? He's a yeah, well, hey, yeah, he could be a group of the Fredheads, the pagans. He's the pagans. He's on the he's in the pagans. Yeah. <laughs> she wakes up and she rips her clothes from that dream. You see Freddy's claw in the front of her, you know, nightgown, the slash. But I don't understand because when later on in the movie Freddy like is slashing up the 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 bed and the pillows and the feathers are going everywhere and then when the dream is over, that stuff doesn't stay slashed up, so why would her nightgown stay slashed up? And- ah! Yeah! But! But! What, a I'm feather? So, I'm sorry, gentlemen, yes, you do see a feather. Yeah, but that big fucking deal. That- yeah, but that's... Yeah, but the feather is to show that it actually did happen. Okay, Mike, what about the when Fred... When, when he smashes the fucking door, when he breaks through fucking her door in that same dream with the feathers, and then he also breaks the fucking window to the front door of the house. Well, and then, then they wake know, up and that stuff's intact. That doesn't Dave, make sense. Dave, that's a continuity error because it what is. should have happened, what should have happened is when a feather, when the feather blew in the wind, okay, a shard of glass should have been floating right next to it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and a piece of wood from the door that just... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This movie is it's definitely there are some flaws in the movie. Yes. Ultimately to me it doesn't take away from it, but yeah, there's some flaws and, and you're right, Alex. They're just funny. You know, like we always do reviews, there's the flaws are just funny shit and it's it's worth having a good time over, that's all. You know, like I said. It's not it's not about it's not about ripping because any anybody could do anything. We could rip anything apart if we really wanted to. Oh yeah, let's go to something great. Right after she wakes up from that dream, and right before they go to school, to get that iconic fucking shit with the the jump roping and the girls. One, two. It is so fucking creepy and so cool. And then they pan over to the to the the kids walking to school, and then you start hearing the piano music. And that piano music. Oh, the music in this movie is iconic. Oh, it's great, and it it, it is. It's not just. But here's the thing. That's all I could think about. I don't know what the rest is except for the one, two phrases. Like, I can't, I can't seem to remember any of the music in this movie besides, like, besides that, what other music is there that's iconic that we can remember? It's all very derivative oh, of that. There's a bunch of piano stuff. It's great, though. And it's throughout the film. And that's one of the strong points of this film. People don't really talk about it, but soundtrack-wise, score-wise, this is definitely the best of the series. They just, they really... Why is that? Don't they build on it in subsequent movies? No. I don't, no. They, it doesn't have that, that, that same type of vibe. They, they don't shit on the, it. You know, really? Way. They do it a little bit. I mean, they, they call back to what I know in 3. And I'm, I just mean the main theme. 
but they don't do what they do in this movie where they, it's really good throughout almost like like you know carpenter's halloween how there's the main theme and then there's the shape stocks theme and this and that and the other kids walk Lori's theme right they have that's what they do in this movie they and nobody really talks about nightmare on elm street when they talk about great scores to movies and it's something that i think is is really overlooked i agree it's always been one of my favorite scores uh, and, I, and I was thinking the exact same thing when I was watching these in preparation for this, that no one ever really talks about these scores, but particularly the first film really deserves it. And uh, especially since it is uh, as iconic as it is, it kind of surprises me that it doesn't get more attention. Right. Because the music itself is iconic. I mean, you hear those notes, it immediately conjures an image in your mind. In your mind. And it's perfect for nightmares, too, really. It is. Yep. It's really weird how that worked out, you know. It's 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 really marrying music and imagery uh, through one's mind. Like, I know they, I think the way they make music is they get done with the movie and they, they hand it to the, you know, the music guys. And then they get inspired from what they're watching. That's how they design their music, I think. I, I mean, I'm sure they do have, oh, let's make a bunch of horror music and then see, oh, this would be good for this movie. I'm sure that takes place. That takes place when people don't give as much of a damn about their film um but if you want to do it right then yeah you complete your movie then you hand it to the composer and they'll site score it really the best way to do it right the only thing that was not perfect in this movie is the cast they look good together but their acting skills were not really that oh goodness yeah they shouldn't have been (laughs) leading a movie Oh, goodness. (laughs) It is, like, really below all of the big movies. Uh, It's below Halloween. You know, Friday has bad acting from Annie and stuff like that, but for the most part, everybody was pretty solid. Texas Chainsaw, all those actors were pretty good, actually. You know, so for the the origin movies, this has to be the worst bunch of actors I've ever seen. Did, Did anybody agree on that, or...? I, yes, I agree on that. I mean, the whole time, I mean, two in particular stand out to me. One of them being the leading character. Um, <laughs> as much as I appreciate Heather Langenkamp, she is not a strong actress. No, and she got better in part three. And no, she, she didn't. cannot keep her mouth closed. Like, close your mouth. <laughs> what? Maybe she was on that constantly hanging open, and it just it, it annoys me and. The oh, whole time you know, we were watching this, Brian's like, shut your fucking mouth. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I never noticed that. Now, now, now when I watch it. Her mother, whom I know is oh, the worst actor. actress at the time, <laughs> is just, it's like, I don't know, does she have a side job doing phone porn? Because <laughs> she's like, you need to get some sleep, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I'm like, oh, stop it. Like, I know you're supposed to be a drunk, but what is that? Yeah, I guess she was supposed to be doing the drunkard thing, but she maybe she was a pill popper. So she Can just cut it out, baby. Maybe she's maybe she crushed the pills up and snorted them before she did her, <laughs> you know, performance. Yeah, but doesn't that make you talk a real lot when you're when you're when you take a lot of Percocet and you can't shut the fuck up, right? <sighs> Nor well, from my experience, you can't shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's what I thought. Normally, the editor would be in the room for hours trying to make it your performance look tolerable, and that's why people think you're good. But I guess uh, this lady was not so lucky. Mike, what do you? Uh, who do you think is the worst actor between 
You got the mom, you got Nancy, and you got the 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 greaser boyfriend from West Side uh. Story. Who? <laughs> and I, Tina I, wasn't really good either, really. I couldn't even see yeah. the fucker. Well, no, <laughs> Tina actually did a good job because you know like when she got sliced, it's like she was like, oh, and you know she's spinning all around like that was brilliant. Acting. I don't think That's that I don't think her spinning around counts as. Well, acting. no, that that doesn't. But you know when she <laughs> yeah, makes that, that gurgle noise, that doesn't like illustrate a, acting prowess. <laughs> right, but when she makes that gurgle noise, like as the you know she gets sliced, that could have been ADR. Like, <laughs> oh my God, Mike, you're not putting a good argument. One of them you're talking about, she's able to be hooked up to a rope and spun, and then the other one she gargles, which <laughs> yeah, might well, not that, be her. I mean, that's great. And then Nancy, though, like I'm telling you, she just had this expression on her face, like, like, like put a cock now. We're not complaining about that part. Maybe that's it. Maybe she was sucking Depp's cock the whole movie. <laughs> that would, you know what? That would have no? been a great bonus feature. Maybe he really was Johnny Deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just have him walking around set, and her is like, you know, following around him because her mouth is like affixed to his crotch. <laughs> she would have been a good human centipede, actually. Yes. Ah. Her mouth is already open, and all you have to do is sew it to his asshole. <laughs> now that being said, there were things about her that I do like. Um, okay, let's... and I really like her later on in the series, but right, it just wasn't. She was also young at the time. Yeah, she was twenty. She... Well, that's true. She was twenty. Feel she wasn't, better. Like actual <laughs> high school age. I, you know, I don't. Which which is very funny because that scene in the movie towards the end where she goes, "Oh my God, I look twenty years old." <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, there's a reason for that, honey. No, you're right on target. <laughs> Why would she say 20? She's supposed to be playing, what, a 15 or a 17-year-old, what have you. Why would she say, God, I look 20 years old? Like, it's such a stretch. They should have said 30. That's just... Well, that's true. Yeah. Because yeah. like, 20, at that age, it, even at that age, 20 isn't old. No. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, a bad decision on the script writer to say Or 20. it might have been a joke. It's an inside joke. It has to be. Because she actually was 20, you know. Oh. Hey Dave, would you say you look forty years old? I would say I don't look forty years old, and I don't act it either, so I'm okay. <laughs> I sure I don't feel look it, fifty-seven though. either. Right, and I don't look, look like a, a retard. <laughs> well, uh, then again, but hey, Jamie, if I have sunglasses on, I look cool. That's right. I look cool and smart. Now the acting isn't a strong point. I'll agree with you on that. It doesn't really distract me all that much though yeah because you fall into the mode so now that you know mike brought up the uh tina kill and stuff like that so let's get into that so you know everyone's sleeping over uh the guy's banging her uh and everyone's listening and how come they can fuck tina's allowed to fuck but they're nancy says oh uh we're here for them okay fine that is such bullshit why can they fuck morality sucks yeah but still if they're upstairs fucking why can't they be downstairs fucking on the couch while they're doing their thing upstairs? Yeah, that right? makes no sense at all. I mean, no. I, I was like, that's so dumb. And I mean, she clearly just didn't want to. Is the only thing. Yeah, what a. What's her issue with that girl? She's it a prude. They're an item. They should obviously they fuck. But you know what? I never believe that anyway. It, it's never believable to me that they're a couple. You're right. Even when they, even when the point where he starts kissing her, like he's trying to make out with her. I, I actually kind of recoiled a little bit because <laughs> and I caught myself doing that 
because it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel believable. I was just like, oh, you guys aren't. I mean, they they seem more to me like the guy girl best friend in high school. Right. It's more bad acting. It does not believable. Really, she couldn't even sell you on that. I no, I mean, it yeah. it didn't sell me at all. Not even a little bit. Did I think that they were a couple? You know, I didn't recall, like in my youth when I saw this movie, I didn't recall them actually having the kissing going on. And then at the end when he says, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy, I always thought that he was being presumptuous. But now I watched it last <laughs> night. Freddie's being presumptuous. And he kissed her. And, and when, they, when, when she goes into school, they run into school, and he gives her a kiss there. So it's, it's, I mean, it's obvious, right? But for whatever reason, I guess anything else they do in the movie doesn't really seem boyfriend-girlfriend type to me. He's like, I'm your boyfriend now. Um, well, we just started talking. We're not really, like, exclusive. Oh, well, I thought you were. I mean, uh, he's always over. Okay, well, um, um, I can't think of anything. Just come here. <laughs> Give me that tongue. Was that your Freddy impression? Uh, yeah, I guess it so. It sounded suspiciously like someone else. Yes, it did. I was thinking yes. too. Of course, that yes. would also be a nightmare. Oh, <laughs> I'm your boyfriend now. I'm your uh, boyfriend now, so uh, I'm gonna measure my <laughs> cock with your arm because uh, saw that in a porno. <laughs> and then instead of the tongue coming out of the phone, his cock would be coming out of the phone. Well, actually, it could fit through those little holes in the mouthpiece. <laughs> ah. It is believable. True, it's like a pin size. Exactly. Can I mention Johnny Depp before? Um. There's something that's always bothered me about this movie. Oh, here we go. Is this. And I'm a fan of the movie. When Johnny Depp is playing that fucking cassette tape for his aunt, right? With Because he wants to have the air voices. Right. Why wouldn't he have at least listened ahead <laughs> to see when that ends, when to press pause or stop, what have you. And he's playing this fucking tape and there's woman screaming, drag racing, a fucking doorbell. <laughs> And why does no one in movies ever know where the fucking stop button is on their boombox? <laughs> but when I was a teenager, there was a time when my best friend was, she was going to be spending the night at my house, but she wasn't supposed to be spending the night at my house. Um, <laughs> I was a bad influence. <laughs> She wasn't allowed to spend the night in my house. So she was, and really it was just because I lived kind of far away. Um, and so we were telling her mom that we were all going to be staying at another friend's house who lived close by. So we, this was a last minute thing. We were standing outside. We'd gone to the movies and we were standing outside the movie theater and there were, we were talking. She decided to call her from the payphone outside the movie theater and tell her that we were already there and that we were going to be staying the night there. And then just then this car just revs up and starts squealing down <laughs> down the street, like right by the phone. And her mom was like, what is that? <laughs> she started screaming at her. She's like, you're lying to me. And she's like, no, mom, it's outside. I don't know what it is. Some kid's outside or something. And then she just got off the phone really quick. I was laughing my ass off. Wow, it really worked. Every time I see this scene, <laughs> it reminds me of that. And I've Only... done things like that. You know, I'm sure we all have... You know, come up with with scams to fucking to fool our parents and things similar to that. It just, come on, man. You're gonna set. You're gonna go through all that time to get the tape. You're not gonna have it set up exactly there and know exactly when it ends. All you gotta do is play an airport noise for fucking ten seconds and it's over. Right. Really, though. I mean, do you think that? I mean, in real life, 
do you think that if your son called you and said, hey, I'm going to be staying at Aunt so-and-so's, you know, tonight, do you think you'd go, well, where's the airplane noise? They live by the airport. It doesn't sound like you're there. Where are you for real? I mean, I just don't think in like the couple minute conversation that it would take to tell them, hey, I'm at my <laughs> cousin's house would be would require a setup that elaborate. Yeah, but, <laughs> that's true. You know. And they don't even ask to talk to her sister. No, I mean, it. Uh, I guess it was just funny or something, but... It's like, Mom, uh, I'm at the auto body place, and it's like, how come I don't hear... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. That was good. <laughs> you know? Well, Tina doesn't get so lucky. Uh, she... She gets lucky, but then... Yeah, she gets lucky, and then, then there's an <laughs> iconic scene where she gets lifted up, blasted through the ceiling, or across the ceiling blood everywhere it's probably one of the greatest kills ever like nobody expected anything like this especially during the time that it took place now you could imagine anything on visually on screen but uh at this time it's just crazy and they did it really well um i i don't i don't know how freddy does this i don't know how you run around in your dream you're in that like uh, uh industrial area with him with the pipes and everything all the time i don't understand why something he does to you at one point physically makes you move around but other like what's the difference from other times i just i just don't understand how this whole dream thing works but clearly the greatest part of that entire sequence was when she was spinning around and knocks her boyfriend into the yes. corner into the lamp <laughs> yeah i love that scene or that part of the scene oh i could rewind that a hundred times and it's funny every time it is the most unnatural fall ever it's, just, it's everything about it is completely awkward. Wow, I'm so, always so blown away by what's happening on the screen. I, I never think about the humor. By how um, amazing an actress she is by spinning around. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just what's happening with her crawling up the wall and how fucking bloody it is. The only thing I always thought was ridiculous, but I understand why they did it, was him in the corner. Staying in the corner, just just enough so he's in the shot, <laughs> holding up his arm and going, Tina! 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 Like, Tina. How come all these movies have someone yelling Tina all the time? I, You know, that's funny because we talk about that all the time. There's always a Tina. Yeah, <laughs> and you always say it a hundred times. Tina. Tina. Yeah. I'm talking Tina, and I'm dreaming right now. <laughs> it's interesting that you should bring up Mike the Mike Alex the <laughs> sorry the how the dream thing works or doesn't work or whatever um because that's one of the issues that I have with this film and I kind of give it a pass I don't want to think about it that hard but if you do try to apply too much logic it falls apart right because there are things like like oh, like when Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp <laughs> gets pulled down into the bed and then like shot back up. You know, he's basically pulled, physically pulled into the bed. I mean, that didn't happen in his dream. That oh, happened yeah. in his life. He's pulled into the bed, liquefied and shot back up and his mother sees it and happen. she sees and she's not sleeping. Right, she's not sleeping. You know, at the end when Nancy's mother gets sucked down into the bed after Freddie's on fire and jumps on top of her and then they sort of sink down into the bed, she and her father are both watching that. Neither of them are dreaming. At the end, at the very end, of course, there's that just whole weird thing. I mean, it just, I think that the concession here is that they probably, there are scenes that he wanted to have, like he wanted to have the Johnny Depp scene. 
so a death scene. So he just sort of made it happen and kind of figured with a scene like that, people aren't going to really care about the logic behind it because you're just you're going to be so blown away by what you're watching. And I think that kind of true is true. And I think it does kind of work. But if you if I sit down and really try to map out this stuff, it doesn't completely make sense. Brian, uh, Brian's point is that that's the beauty to him. That's the beauty of it is like, no, it doesn't really, but neither do dreams. So you sort of, he gives it a pass. Yeah, because... but that's, that's not an answer. And <laughs> you just can't say that because it, it still doesn't matter if dreams make sense. Well, I mean, yeah, because in a lot of the scenes in the film, they're not dreaming. They're wide awake and it, and it should make sense. But yeah, I okay, can't completely gather the rules every time. Um, like, you know, she pulls Freddy's hat out of out of the dream world. And then later on, he doesn't have his hat. So then, because I was good, my argument was going to be okay, if she pulls his hat out, and then later on he has his hat, then why would it matter if she pulled him out and killed him? Because clearly it doesn't, it, what you do in the real world doesn't necessarily affect the dream world, you know? But then later on, he didn't have his hat, except for one shot. He kind of jumped out at her, and he was wearing his hat before the immediately before that, and immediately after it, he wasn't wearing it. So I think it was a mistake. I think he wasn't supposed to have it. They made that shot, and then they were like, "Oh fuck, he's wearing his hat." But they just thought maybe no one would notice. Mm. Only I'm oh. sitting there trying really hard to pay attention to see if he's wearing his hat or not because mm -hmm. it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna make my argument. And <laughs> um, as it turns out, he didn't have his hat. So then I was like, "Okay, well at least they did." That makes sense, you know. The, but it was, it was. He's just like, stop trying so hard because I'm like all over the place, really trying to make things work. And if you try too too hard to do it, they're just the whole thing just kind of unravels, you know. Because <coughs> it's not that sensical. The Tina thing, the Tina death. Yes, I mean, yeah, it's crazy that she's being dragged up the wall. And everything else is going on. But we don't see what happens in her dream after she's cut. We see right. the intro to the dream, which is fucking amazing, by the way. When when you see Freddy after the arm stretching and when he's chasing her, the way he runs oh, and yeah. you people laugh. It's so fucking creepy. It's done. The whole sequence is done so well. And then when she does get killed, we're not seeing it from her dream world anymore. We're seeing it from the outer world. What is he doing in the dream? Well, that's what I'm saying. It could be happening in the dream. And when Johnny Depp gets killed, and he gets, we don't see Johnny Depp's dream whatsoever. So how do we know that Johnny Depp's dream isn't him being sucked into the bed and then fucking having shit go oh. on and then he's just throwing the, the, the it, shit up? Well, it may be, except that the thing is, is that in real life, he physically gets sucked into the bed, which cannot happen. I mean, it, there's, well, it's why not it physically happen? possible in the real world. Because there's no hole in your bed. And, and and there's nowhere to be pulled into. If Freddy can cut you, okay, make a slice, four things at once, and cut your stomach in the dream, and then therefore it also happens in the real world, how is that any different from Freddy pulling you into fucking something in the dream and therefore it happens in the real world? Okay, and then, remember when Nancy went to sleep and she was going to try to pull Freddy back out with her? And she got into – there was the whole scene where he jumped on top of her and there was the flower trellis. And right. she woke up and she's wrestling with the, with the flower trellis mm -hmm. for a moment. And then when she actually wakes up, it's gone and she's in her real room. Right. So – Yeah, you don't, you don't sleepwalk and end up everywhere you were in the dream. 
it, you manifest what happens to you in your dream physically, like if you get cut or whatever. But just because in your you're dreaming that he sucked you into your bed doesn't make it physically possible for him to suck you into your bed because that is a real inanimate object. It's a real solid thing. And Okay, Dave, here's the example. It's confusing, I know. Exactly. When in Freddy vs. Jason, when the girl was sitting there and she was getting stabbed, uh, uh, Catherine Isabel, all you saw was the blood gushing out of her while she's laying in the cornfield sleeping. That is exactly what you should be, what should be happening to you, no matter what Freddy's doing to you. I can buy that. You, yeah. You don't follow suit. It's not a mirror. It's not a parallel world. You don't do what happens in the dream. It doesn't make any sense. That's the point. And if everybody's going to talk about part two, breaking the rules, part one made no sense. If you want to talk about that, that broke the rule already. What does the real world have to do with the whole point is that he could get you in your dreams, not real life. You're physically okay in real life until he kills you. Then that manifests, but not the whole physical uh, duration of it. And how about at the end with the mother in the waterbed? That that always made sense to me. Number one, because it looks so cool. But number two, because Freddie was actually... <laughs> it can't out. make sense because it looks cool. Yeah, good argument. These are great arguments today. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was okay with it because it looked awesome. It makes sense because it but, looks cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love the way it looked. So I didn't, it didn't bother me is what I should say. But secondly, um, Freddie is out into the real world. So his powers are still... Yeah. manifesting right there. So I could see that happening in that no. instance. Now, Freddy what happens in, in part four? Freddy is in the real world, so the real... The, Freddy is in the real world, so the real world should be affect, should be affecting Freddy. But that doesn't mean that her the middle of her bed suddenly disappears and turns into this misty, open elevator. I don't know... <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that is. I mean, it's just a hole that it's all misty, and she kind of sinks into it. That is completely not happenable, which is not a word. But um, it's the supernatural. So when you're messing with the supernatural, it's kind of hard to be. It's not. It's not black and white, you know. But it should be when you're dealing with reality versus dream world. I wish it was because that's how you. That's how you can make the distinction, you know, of when. Anything is possible within the dream world. But then when you drag Freddy into reality, that's why he's fucked because he doesn't have the same power in the real world that he has in the dream world. That's the point of bringing him there. That's why it's possible to kill him. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole reason that you would bring him here is because now you can kill him. He's vulnerable. But now his powers still come into the world and people are sinking into elevators in their bed. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. You're right. It doesn't make sense. I just try not to... No, it won't bother me the next time I watch it. But we're, since we're discussing it, it is kind of bizarre. Right. I'm just trying to come up, as usual, with plausibility, you know, of, of maybe this is what's going on. Because that's what... I try to explain movies that I like away if I can. If it were, if people buy it, great. If they don't, they don't. But, you know. You can say... You can always... Look, the the common denominator argument is people say, well... Like like Brian said, well, dreams don't make sense. Or, well, it's a supernatural. You know, you could just say that. Or I could just say, hey, it does look cool, and it doesn't really bother me. So I don't care that much. But, you know, I mean, you know, that's how we roll here, though. I mean, we're going to, if when we're doing a retro, we're going to pick a movie apart. Does it really bother me that much? Fuck no. Right, of course, <laughs> I don't care. But it's interesting that these things don't make any sense, and it's great to make you think and wonder. So that's actually cool. Right. It's like what we just said before about, you know, 
the the pillow being not being ripped, but her shirt was ripped. That doesn't make any sense. Why would yeah? Why would the shirt stay ripped? And plus, if the shirt was ripped, why isn't she cut open? Because his gloves, what they just went through there, they didn't touch her skin at all. That doesn't make any sense. I don't even know. And he couldn't have got her from the inside because he couldn't go. It just, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how anything is going on in this movie. It just doesn't <laughs> make sense at all. Yeah, they could have simplified it. You're right, they could have. But those scenes were so fucking badass. That yeah, but write other scenes that are badass. You know, write scenes that make sense that are badass. That would have been better. Right. But it doesn't hurt my enjoyment of the movie, I guess, at the end of the day. We'll get to it then. What about Nancy and the crucifix? Again with the crucifix. Oh, what about Freddy coming out of the wall? Right. <laughs> awesome. What an incredible fucking scene that is. That was That's iconic, man. It is. This movie's full of iconic scenes, and that's just another one. So cool. But what, even before, before, remember when I said, would you ever be that scared of a dream, of that type of dream, that you would actually grab a crucifix? And probably the answer is no. But how about this situation? The crucifix, once again, hops off the wall. Nancy just fucking holds it in her hand and just fucking plays it off. I don't think I would just play that Why off. Why the religious uh, tone? is? What does Freddie have to do with... Because crucifix rhymes with, with six. Six... <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure that there was more to all the religious imagery, or, or not all the religious imagery, but the iconography with the crucifix. I I don't know exactly what the why his motivation was. Yeah, what are we going for with this? But well, he's evil, and basically, a crucifix is supposed to stop all evil. It's just basic, you know. Five, six, grab your crucifix because obviously he's someone that's killing you in your dreams, so he's evil. So hey. You may as well have a crucifix. Maybe that'll help you. He's yeah, and by his motivation, I meant Craven, in, in case that wasn't clear. Um, I will say this about the wall scene, about the latex wall scene, is that I have given one of the arguments I've given toward the remake using CGI. And I don't agree with them using CGI. I do not mistake me. I really wish they hadn't done that. Right. But um, I said, well, maybe they wanted to give more detail. Like, because if you watch the remake scene when he comes through the wall, he's, there's a lot of detail in the face and all of that. Like, maybe that's – but then if you watch this film, there's a lot of detail coming through that latex. Like, you can see yes. all of his features. So that argument just flies out the window. All right. Especially on Blu-ray, you can see everything. It's awesome. Right. What about uh, – so how about the news showing Tina's body and then the arm is just dangling? Like, that would never, ever be on the news. Now, we make fun of stuff like that all the time in movies because in like in newspaper articles and news programs, they show stuff in like pictures that you would never, ever, ever see being given to the public in right, real life. Exactly. And how about Nancy jumping in front of her dad who's about to pull the trigger? Oh, yeah. On some dirtbag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you ever do something that stupid? She was convinced Rod didn't do it. Who convinced. cares? Talk about dumb kids, man. Like, God, are you dumb at 16 or, or whatever she was supposed to be. Yeah. How about when he gets arrested and the guy, and he goes, I'm cool, I'm cool, and his mouth doesn't even move. Did you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that last night. And then the other cop goes, oh, he's got a switchblade here. Oh, it's great. It's just stuff that was added in post that's funny. You know? uh, oh, yeah. Then uh, And Nancy's acting at, the, at that whole part. The whole part is just, you know, the, the worst acting is the exchange between her and her mother in the kitchen later on. That is just out of a high school play. The two of them. 
should I get good and loaded? That part? Yeah. Oh. The scene where she grabs the bottle and says, screw sleep, and throws screw it down. Screw sleep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, talk about unnatural, man. Like it's Fred just... Krueger, Mom. You see, Fred Krueger. He's after me now. Yeah, I love how Fred, <laughs> Fred Krueger writes his fucking name in his hat in case he misplaces right. it. How about, and not even just Wait, that. which one of these fedoras are mine? Hold on. I'm going to flip them over. I wrote my name. I thought about this ahead of time. <laughs> I'll go a step further. Glenn's name is fucking on his headphones that fucking she finds later on in the movie. Stupid. I don't know which is worse. The guy puts a name on his own fucking hat, or Glenn, his headphones that are in his house, in his fucking stereo that only he uses. He felt the need to take one of those fucking things and put his name on it. These are Glenn's. Yeah, but did you ever see the Simpson episode where Bart gets a label maker and he just puts his, crazy? He puts on every. I think that's you know that could be completely <laughs> understandable. I could see just labeling everything, all your shit. <laughs> one thing that I thought that is a sticking point to me is when. Nancy's like, it's my dreams that he comes into, you know, um, when she's talking, I think it's when she's talking to Glenn and she's asking him to, which by the way, Glenn is fucking useless. Can I just tell you <laughs> two times he fails her when she asks him yeah. to stay awake and help her and he is just useless. Um, but anyway, um, and she says, it's my dreams that he comes out. Well, no, it's everyone who dreams about him has the same opportunity that what makes her so special. Well, he doesn't admit to it. That's why. Well, I know, but... Yeah, but the other two people died because of it. Yeah, so, I mean, if Tina had known what was going on, she could have done the same thing, uh, theoretically. You know, she could grab him and pull him out into the real world had she known about it and known what to do. But Nancy makes a point of saying, it's my dream. Well, you're not any different from anybody else except that your mother just <laughs> happens to have yeah. the claw in her basement. Yeah, let's just leave that in her basement for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> right and on. I like how Freddy waits 15 years before he starts killing all these kids in the dreams. Like, like it's it's always that question. Like we did with Michael Myers. Like, why did he wait? Oh, he waited 15 years too. Yeah, he wait. Jason waited. Jason wait. They waited. all wait to like a point, and then they just go, and it never ends. They need to gain enough power to do things. <laughs> apparently, that's what they got to do. They they bide their time. Speaking of someone thinking they're special, and this is funny too. I always thought this line was funny. Later on. When fucking she's on the phone with Glenn, he's across the street, and he's like, "If something happens, you know, you're gonna be next." And he says, "Why would anybody want to kill me?" He's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, "Who the fuck are Why you?" Why would anybody kill me? I'm gonna be Willy Wonka one day. <laughs> he only killed Tina, this person, that person, but he thinks, you know, like they did something wrong. Why would anybody want to kill well, me? Yeah, and he's talking to his <laughs> girlfriend at the time. So, right. what makes you think he, that your girlfriend deserves to die more right. than you do? You know what exactly? What, what, you know, yeah, why would anybody want to kill? Well, why it's would so anybody want to kill her? Why would right. anybody want to kill him? Can you imagine if he goes, look, you I could see, but why would they want to kill me? What an asshole. <laughs> why would anyone want And what about this? Talk about, like, people, what they think of each other. What the fuck is with Nancy going to school the next day after her fucking friend was just butchered in a house that she was sleeping in? Like, who? what is wrong with these people? They just go to school the next day, like... Okay, well, so what's for uh, what's my English homework? Like, are you serious, dude? These are your best friends, and you're just going about life like nothing. Ha you're not even crying on the way to like nothing. There's no reaction to this. Yeah, that's true. And her parent, even her parents, are like, "You have no business going to school." And both of them tell her, yep. Get, "You know, stay home." Mm -hmm. And she's like, "No, I have to go to school, or I'll go crazy." Oh, that's a good one. Really. 
<laughs> but yeah, there is no. She's not upset. I mean, I would be a fucking mess. Yeah, basket case. If your best, like your friend, that's just insane, dude. I'll tell you what. No parent would ever have to fucking tell me twice not to go. Yeah, to right. I'd be like, dude. I actually <laughs> look. I'm gonna admit something. This is pretty low of me. Um, there was a, a fire across the street from my house when I was about 13 years old and two kids died. They were like five years old and one was seven years old or eight years old or something like that. And I knew the one kid and, uh, cause you know, uh, it was a pretty small neighborhood. Everybody knew each other and the kid came out and played with his stuff and I was like, Hey, Hey, what's up buddy? And then he would, you know, throw the ball to me and stuff. And then this kid dies and his sister dies because the dad fell asleep with a cigarette in his hand because he was drunk and the whole house went up in flames. The next day in sc- to school, I, I went to school and everybody was asking me about it because I live across the street from it. <clears throat> so I was like a mini celebrity, but I didn't know, you know what are you going to say? I think somebody said, why are you here or something? And I'm such a loser at that age that the next day I said, you know what? I don't think I can go to school because <laughs> I'm so upset about this. And I, I use that to not go to school for the next two days. Well, Which I think is, you know, honestly, a that's a, right. That's a normal kid thing to do, which just makes it glaringly obvious that what she did is completely abnormal because it actually did affect her and she was there at the time. Right. Like, I, I knew the kid, but it didn't affect me exactly. Right. Well, they just, I mean, they could have waited three days and said three days passed and she went back to school. But because they wanted to do that very effective fucking scene... When she was in school and then she eventually finds out when she burns herself on the boiler that there's more to this than she initially thought. So I guess they just had to write it in somehow, but it is kind of ridiculous. Oh, that's crazy. Who would go? But how about that scene? I think that that's another amazing scene with the fucking when she's in the class and, you know, um, she falls asleep. Flips the fuck out. Right. And then when that guy, when that dude's talking, it's always been really creepy to me. Like he's he starts whispering. That's fucking kind of scary. And then the dream she has when she goes out and, you know, she first she sees the body bag. Nancy, that's fucked up, man. And then it's a bloody body bag and the whole thing with, where's your pass? You Screw know? your pass. Screw your pass. Yeah, and- which is funny. Um, Brian just told me, I didn't know this until yesterday when we watched this, but apparently the guy who reads in class, the guy that you know, that you were just talking about, and the hall pass girl go to conventions now. What? And I'm like, who even, what? <laughs> who even remembers them? You know, obviously you know what parts I'm talking about when I bring them up, but can you, would you stand in line to talk to these people at a convention? Jamie, the, the, the zombie with the machete through his head goes to conventions. Right. Well, at least he's like on posters and stuff. <laughs> right, I agree. The boombox boy from Halloween Two goes to no. conventions. Are you Are serious? You yeah, and the reason he feels he sh- he's vindicated in doing this so is because he's Dick Warlock's son. Oh, like okay. so? What does that mean? Well, I if it wasn't for me, Halloween Two would have never happened because Michael wouldn't know to go to the hospital. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, that's the script, right? What's that to do with you? That that is ridiculous. But who knows what they're getting paid? I mean, even if they, if if they work a regular job and they go to the weekend thing, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you know, let's say they make yeah, fucking pick up three, a few bucks, yeah. three four hundred dollars, it's better than doing real work. You know, I mean, I would do it, wouldn't you? Yeah, but Fuck. I'm just like, and who are you? Oh, will you sign my poster, girl that asked her where her hall pass was? 
Yeah, what? 20 bucks. What? <laughs> if you looked at the autograph when you got home, you probably wouldn't fucking remember who, wait, who is, who, who signed this? <laughs> <laughs> I know she has to put in parentheses like hall pass girl. Hey, oh, she probably <laughs> fucking you. You do do realize that in all the th- shit she autographs that she writes, uh, you know, hi Jamie, where's your where's pass? Where's your pass? Right, right. Oh, <laughs> fucking believable. Has to, has to. She has in. to. Of course she does. What the fuck? Is there any other line? You know yeah. who she looks like? Um, Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake. Yes. <laughs> I always thought that shit looked like a Ricky Lake. Yeah, she was like a skinny Ricky Lake. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How about in that dream with Tina and all that stuff? Uh, she's like, Freddie's, you know, standing there. She's like, who are you? And he op- he lifts up his shirt and he slits it and maggots come out. She's like, awesome. oh. oh, okay, that explains it. But it's awesome. That's what I'm saying. He was so scary back then without having to say anything. Just the things he were, was doing was it, so creepy. Yeah, but that was his answer, off. though. He doesn't need an answer. Fuck you. Uh, I'm answers. <laughs> I'm evil. I can cut myself and fucking yellow pus and maggots come out. You're asking me who the fuck I am? I'm beyond what you can comprehend. That's oh, shit. Look at Dave about to drop the mic. Yeah, man. <laughs> She's like, who are you? He's like, look, I'm the guy who mag- who with maggots in it. Oh, maggot stomach. Okay. Yeah, fuck you, dude. How about the flick of the tongue? The only thing that makes him seem where anyone could say he was a pedophile. Just because he does that fucking tongue flick thing at Nancy. Oh, when he grabs his ear and flicks his tongue? Oh, no, that's, that's Friday Part 5. With the no, 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 no. When, when he's chasing her and he does that, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Because you only do that to somebody. That, that's like a sexual gesture. That's not a child molester, though. She's old enough to bang. <laughs> In real life, yeah. but Even 16. What's wrong with that? Whatever the fuck old she was. Oh, wait, we're recording this? And Tina was hot. But Tina was 24, though. Amanda Wiss, so whatever the fuck her name is. When I got a question though, when you know we that scene when Nancy was walking to school and the boyfriend you know grabs her and he's trying to convince her that he didn't really kill Tina. Did you believe him? Well, of course we know the movie. We yeah, I believed him because I know the movie. Oh would right. I believed, would I have <laughs> believed him if I were her? I don't know. I mean, what? Who else would it have been? I mean, honestly, right. if if you were in that house. And you heard her screaming, and then you went in there, and he's all covered in blood, and there's blood all over the place, and he's the only person. Yeah, who else could have been? Yeah, she believed him, though. Would you? Oh, I guess when they went in there, he was already out the window. He was gone yeah. out the window. And yeah, that's and another thing, flew. too. He took off out the window. So, of course, that that makes him look guilty. Yep. You know? And they do that in part two, also. And he's yelling. He's like, I'll kill you. And you hear that? You're like, well, doesn't that sound a little suspicious? You know? Next thing you know, he's jumping out the fucking window. I mean, that's two things that... Most people would say it was, it was yeah, you know, he's guilty. Uh, evidence of guilt. And how about later on, after he's locked up and the guy's convinced, John Saxon, the father, he's convinced that this guy did it. He's, he's calling him a lunatic, this and that. He's got him locked up in the cell, and Nancy goes there later and sa- says something about it. And she goes like, oh, yeah, what are you doing here? And he says, there's an unsolved murder. I don't like unsolved murders, especially involving my daughter. How the fuck is it an unsolved murder? <laughs> He arrested the guy he's convinced is the guy rotting in the fucking jail cell of the place that he runs, and he's saying it's an unsolved murder. Well, if it's unsolved, why is that guy locked up? (laughs) What the fuck is that? It's like, are you speaking for us or yourself? Because your headspace and your point of view should not be unsolved. (laughs) And how about the guy climbing into the room? I mean, if you're a father, well, I'm a father of a daughter. There's no fucking way... 
I make it in any way, shape, or form it accessible for the fucking rosebush thing to lead right up to a thing where any asshole in the middle of the night can climb into my fucking young daughter's room. Right. What? And he's a cop. You don't think he would know better than yeah. that? What the fuck? The next big sequence is the bathtub sequence. Iconic imagery, once again. You know, it's the show's poster. It's uh, It's interesting because, again, it's one of those things where... It's a weird fine line between dream and reality because it's like when Tina's mom knocks or Nancy's mom knocks on the door and says, you know, are you what are you doing? And the glove is between her legs and it's coming up. It's almost like it comes back down in reality in the water and you hear the water splash like Freddy's dream. Literally, the dream matches reality because when he goes and kills people in his dreams, they're always in that, like I said, the the industrial area usually and stuff like that. But here, it's taking place where she actually is, which would feed into your argument, Dave, that Johnny Deep was killed in his bed. So Freddie, the, the, the world was completely parallel here. Uh, the only difference is that when Freddie's manipulating things and it is in the dream... It's a bottomless bathtub, and in reality, it obviously has a bottom to it. No, it's confusing, but god damn, how fucking awesome is that scene? Oh, it's great. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. I guess that's why I don't pick that apart. There's some things that I do pick apart, but that, once again, it's an iconic scene. This this movie's just chock full of them, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, Freddy looks. Freddy's look is iconic. The music is iconic. The glove is iconic. The, the the scenes, the coming through the wall, the bathtub, the arms stretched out, the the kill of Johnny Deep, the kill of the girl on the ceiling, the the body bag in the hallway. Oh, all it's, of it. It's so iconic, and that's why this movie stands the test of time. It's always beautiful to look at. It's always, uh, it's what we're into as a horror fan. What about when she's watching The Evil Dead? Has anybody noticed that that's like their... It's the wrong part of the movie. Yeah, like it's the part when she sells when she yells, "Turn it off!" in the beginning before anything happens. But at the same time, you hear a chainsaw. There's no chainsaw till the fucking the climax of that movie. They always they always do that, dude. Even as recently as Scream, when Scream played Halloween, it was completely out of con. It was oh, com- like they always do that shit, and it's weird because they're nodding to people who are in the know, but they're giving us the wrong shit, and it's like, well. We know that too, though. You're kind of messing. Right. <laughs> I do love that you hear her go, turn it off, and then she turns mm-hmm. off the TV. Yeah. Ah, that's clever. <laughs> I just thought okay. that was kind of funny. I don't know that that was even intentional, but I, I thought it was kind of funny. It's clever um, if it was. I like that. Wow. <laughs> I like that. No shit. But 1984, when this movie was made, there's no fucking way she's able to even watch that movie on TV. But once again, yeah, that's right. But <laughs> I just thought it was funny. What about Nancy's mom pulling vodka bottles out of every fucking possible place in the house? <laughs> I love that. But then she sees her standing in the hall drinking that bottle, you know, like 10 feet from her bedroom door. She closes the bedroom door. And then a couple minutes later, she's screaming um, because the phone ringing thing and all of that. And I'm like, where's your mom now? I mean, she was just there. But then, of course, later we go downstairs and she's practically passed out on the sofa. But apparently... No one can hear anything in any of these houses because there's 
during Tina, when Tina gets killed, Nancy does eventually wake up when she hears Tina screaming, but it takes her a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why isn't Nancy hearing any of this? She's right in the next room over there. But, um, I mean, eventually yeah, they heard them she does fucking. wake up. But goddamn. Yeah. Think about how loud they were fucking. Oh, oh, God. Oh, yeah, it's rough and fucking loads. <laughs> they were yelling like fucking lunatics. You know, really cool scene. Like, I, I'm really into the scenes where you observe uh, Freddy from a distance and, like, you know, peering through a window and shit like that. That stuff is really what I'm into. Uh, I like it. I like the atmosphere to it. I like the music they play during that type of stuff. But the one really cool one is um, when she was observing Freddie go into her or uh, her Tina's boyfriend's cell and Freddie like she starts screaming and Freddie just looks up and smiles at her and laughs and that because you know he knows you know your buddy's fucked and it it's weird because she's dreaming I guess at that point and her dream is connected to this guy's dream because that's when he's getting killed by Freddy and she's watching it happen. Yeah, that's weird too. Yeah, it's it's so weird how that... Because he's really dying at that point, so it is happening. But if you're dreaming, you could watch it? Like, it's 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 crazy. That's like but, some Inception shit right there. <laughs> but it's not the first time it happens in that movie. Because earlier when Tina's having her dream... That's when fucking uh, Freddy comes through the wall and does that fucking cool effect with Nancy. So she's dreaming as well about Freddy. Right. Yeah, he was in two places at once. He's done it more than once. Well, Why I guess not? It's He's... a dream. He can do right. whatever. He sure as fuck can. I mean, he. That's one good thing about the series is that he, you know, it's a dream. You can always fucking say that. Well, that part I, I give passes to. I'm. Not, I have no problem with that actually, where she can watch his work to other people but the thing is she's looking at him sleeping for real though right that's weird yeah it's not like she's inside he's not dreaming that he's sleeping he's actually asleep right so what dream is she in it doesn't make any she's in her own dream but she's seeing what's happening with him he even wakes up though remember he wakes up and it stops and then the at first that thing starts to move and then he wakes up and he's like startled for a second and then fucking he goes back to sleep, but for a minute there, his dream actually ends, and the that that white sheet that eventually hangs him stops moving. Yeah, but how come she wasn't dreaming about? Why wasn't she seeing what he was doing in his dream, as opposed to like Jamie said, he wasn't dreaming that he was sleeping. I don't know. He was in his own dream, seeing her own scary shit. Remember, she saw what's her name again in that dream, with the fucking Tina in the body bag again. Right. And yeah, the fucking, again, with, with the thing in her mouth. And the human centipede come out, comes out of her mouth. <laughs> and the snakes, those muddy snakes on the bottom. Oh, man. You know what? I've been meaning to ask you guys. That's two times in this movie, Nancy's dreaming and she sees Tina in a body bag. I have a feeling there's like a deleted scene where she actually sees Tina get zipped up in the body bag. Yeah, because she doesn't night. see it. No, but twice she has dreams about her being in the body bag. I think it's it's kind of odd, isn't it? Yeah, why is she associating with Tina with a body bag as opposed to just, like, a dead person? Why, are the, why is the body bag clear? Like, have you ever seen a oh, yeah, have you ever seen a transparent body bag? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, typically when they put a body in a bag, they, the purpose is to hide it. Yeah, right. You're not supposed <laughs> to see the goddamn body. 
One could label this as cheesiness or not, or, you know, it's all uh, perception. What do you guys think of the music they play every time Freddy's attacking somebody? It, it like, really ramps up the scene, like, every time. Well, I think every time, right? Pretty much. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? Is that it adds to it to me? I think. I think so too. I, I I really, but I mean, like we said earlier, talking about the score, I think that there's there's a lot to this score that people don't because even when you when you say Nightmare on Elm Street, the like Nightmare on Elm Street music, there you automatically the first thing you think of is the don't don't I can't do it the I keep wanting to do the Jeopardy theme or something, but um, anyway, you know. <laughs> It's those notes, you know. Yeah, we know which we're all talking about. But there are a lot of other aspects to the score that don't immediately pop to mind. But, but no when, one thinks of that Freddy music when he's chasing people. No one thinks. Because right. we can't even imagine what it sounds like. But when you watch the movie, it really fits and it really enhances everything. Right. Yep. It's great. It's great. What about the rod scene when he gets hung? What a great fucking scene. A great scene. The only problem is he gets hung awfully fucking fast. And his face turns gray instantly. It's like he has nothing to fight for. It's like he gets <laughs> hung, and five seconds later he's dead because that's how long it takes for them to like break open the the doors of the fucking the jail cell. Right. That's the only thing. I think it's an excellently done scene when you see that that sheet moving around his neck and how he's pulled up. It's awesome. The only thing is they should have given those guys like an extra thirty seconds before they they cracked open the you know the jail cell. But yeah, whatever. Exactly. So uh, now, real quick, we didn't mention the house of of uh, you know Elm Street. Why that house? What is? Uh, I guess it's just Nancy was just happens to be the lead of the movie, so that house isn't exactly like the Myers house, or anything. it's not really that important. No, but it becomes important well, part in part two, two. Yeah, it's all about it. It's, so that's part two weird. Is like Amityville too. It's like it may as well be a haunted house story. Right, right. That's, so that's kind of weird. But and isn't it even more strange that we always associate that house with the red door, and in this the the fucking iconic movie, it's blue. Like how weird is that? It's almost like Jason with a sack on his head, and then you then we all know him with the hockey mask. It's like kind of strange. Part three, they're in the hospital. In part four. They are, it's it's that drunken dad and her his two kids, they're the main people, right? And then in part five, I don't even know what happens in that movie. I'm not as familiar with five, but I always remember being all, uh, referenced one way or another, or somebody dreams about being in it. Okay. Good old 1428 Elm. Yeah. All right, good. Well, speaking of, like, origin and, and starting points, Fred Krueger supposedly kills 20 kids in one neighborhood before he's caught. I cannot imagine that more than three kids would have been killed before there is an all-points bulletin to uh, a suffocating degree that he would never be able to pull this off. Like, I don't, how do you get up to 20? Did he get them all on a bus and bring them to that place and molest them all and kill them? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that is a very good point. Um, <laughs> that is impossible to imagine. I was growing up um, in South Atlanta during the Atlanta child murders, um, the Wayne Williams debacle thing. Yeah. 
and it was impossible. And he wasn't even targeting, you know, little white girls, you know, <laughs> which is what I mean. That's not the 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 kids that were were getting killed were mo- like little black boys, which I am the opposite of. But there was no one was wandering the streets. No one was not being watched. Everything was on lockdown. I can't imagine and that and Atlanta, I mean that's a bigger area. So I can't imagine that in this little tiny area that many kids are gonna go missing and then somebody's gonna go, wait a minute. You know, I mean <laughs> seriously, a couple of kids something happens to and that neighborhood's gonna shut down. Oh yeah. Especially are we to are we to presume this all takes place on Elm Street? Like only so twenty kids on one street. By the time three on on one street disappear, like what is the what? Is, let's get into this. What is the point of Elm Street? What is the relevance here? And by the way, that that word is never said in this movie ever. Elm Street. You're right. It's not. But they don't really make that part of the um, the folklore until part three, when she says, "You're the last of the Elm Street children." That's something they came up when they came up with Dream Warriors. But according to that, they just said that it was the mother. If I'm correct, just says that they were neighborhood children, people that everybody knew. So I'm just thinking it was a neighborhood. So why Elm Street is is specifically targeted in Freddy's world? Well, because that's just where Nancy happens to live here. But why is Nancy the most important one? I'll tell you why. Because it was her father. And the mother that were responsible for bringing him down, and she kept the gloves and the fucking and the shit in in that house. So maybe that held some type of power. If you want to get supernatural about it, you know, because think about it, the, the father's a cop, so you know he had something. So he had, yeah, he had a big play in this. Yeah. Right, he had a big play in it, and so did she. She, and that's probably why she was the one that kept the glove and everything. I feel that that probably tore that family apart. That's why they divorced. That's why she became a drunk. Maybe, yeah, I was gonna say maybe that's why she's a drunk. Yeah. I just why would you be probably- a drunk? Why? You 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 killed a guy who killed and molested twenty kids. You should be thrilled about that. Some who people can't be? deal with fucking vigilante justice after they've done it. Everyone deals with with grief and shit like that differently. And maybe it tore their marriage apart. Maybe the, the, her husband, the cop, was always on the case in it because he was always busy and they were stressed out. That eventually led to trouble between him and his wife. They're worried about their own daughter. Oh no, she wasn't. <laughs> you know, things happen in marriages. I know. I just love how much. How much backstory you're giving this author? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a wannabe author, right? I, Craven's I like probably like, I, I don't know, I didn't even. Th- I just kind of figured, well, <laughs> you know, it was eat plot. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it, the re- the real story was that he molested twenty kids. He didn't say that, but no, they changed it because. Uh, th- there was an actual thing going on in California where a bunch of kids were getting molested or something like that, and they didn't want to look like they were glorifying and ca- and capitalizing. Yeah, or ex- which ended up being bullshit. That whole thing was total bullshit. Well, what do you mean? That's not true. No, I mean it's the the story actually happened, but it turns out that those kids were full of shit. They 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 made up a whole bunch of stuff. It was exposed um, a couple of years later, and um. Oh. It was just oh, it was a mess. But yeah, I mean that they they had originally. You're, I mean you're right. They originally wanted to make him a molester, and then decided it would be in poor taste, and and opted not to. But what do you are you buying this? He got off because somebody signed the search warrant in the wrong place. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm you're a right. moron, but yeah, that's that's dumb. 
They should have said that they just lost the search warrant. No, not even lost it. They never they used one. What they should have never used was, one. Yeah, exactly. They right. never got one. So, you know, they it didn't was go an illegal the search. Channels. Exactly. Illegal search and seizure. Yeah. Did Wes Craven write the script or no? Uh, yeah, no, he did. It said written yeah. and directed by. Mm-hmm. Well, I how guess the, the hell writing. Could you sign, how would anyone sign in a, a warrant in the wrong place anyway? <laughs> like, a judge has to sign a warrant. A judge knows where to fucking sign. It's not no. going to be like, oh, I don't know where can to I, sign. Oh, and, and then who gives a fuck I, if his signature is I, on it anywhere? It's going to hold. Jamie, I figured what? it out. This this is why. Because um, their name is Darnell. Yes. And they're like, I'm gonna sign a search warrant. Uh, there are two search warrants to every case of child molestation. <laughs> Dave's and Dono, here's your search warrant. <laughs> hey, uh, when when Nancy was in the closet and she took her shirt off, was anybody hoping she would turn around? Yes. Not me, man. No. Yes. Teenage Michael J was even though I saw this when I was five for the first time, teenage Michael J thought she would, was hoping she would. Ugh, not me. Uh, uh, Dave, is she hot? I don't think uh, no, so. No, I was never into her. A lot of people seem to like her. I was always a Tina guy myself. Actually, you do see side. Oh, yes, you do. Yeah, you do. Is that really her or is it yes, fucking you do, body double? I, I, I noticed it last I night, Alex. I paused it several yeah. times. I saw a nipple. I stretched that VHS tape several times at that scene. I watched it last night, and I noticed it for the first time last night. I was like, oh, look at this. We do see a side Yes, you do. No, you don't. You want to know why? It is nipple. Yes. You know why? Are you saying it's a body double? Yes, it was. That's what I'm saying. It probably is. Right. Yeah. But it's still side boob. Yeah, it is boob, nonetheless. (laughs) I was going to say, I think it's a body double. It's not Nancy boob, so I'll look at those then. Yeah, they're nice and small and perky. Let's bring it. A lot of guys... Okay, how about... Would you rather fuck Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween or Nancy in this movie? Jamie Lee Curtis. Really? Uh, I'll take Nancy. Nancy. I'll take Nancy. I don't like Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis looked mannish. I agree. I know, but the other one's too bushy. I don't give a yeah. fuck. You have to do one of them. And she looks like she has brown moles all over her. Yeah, and I'll tell you. Yeah, Lanky Camp have. has jungle bush. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy has bush. Yes. We've got bush. We've unkempt got hair, bush. unkempt. Mm. Kempt? Okay, how about this? Nancy or Alice from Friday Part 1? See, none of these girls are hot. <laughs> Did you notice that none of these girls are hot? Yeah. I think Alice, Alice is cute. Alice, and I'd have her say Beal as, you know. Beal? <laughs> I guess I would choose Alice reluctantly. I would have to take one of them. It would be Alice. See, reluctantly. So, yes, reluctantly. Now, how about the blonde from Texas Chainsaw? She was the hottest one of all four of these girls. Marilyn Burns? Yeah, yeah. I would take Yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I prefer... Um... The other one. Yeah. Definitely, with those short shorts. Although, no, you want to talk about unattractive unattractive leading girls part two nightmare part two nightmare two <laughs> i knew it Ew. that's what i was thinking uh, the whole time oh awful the other girl should have been the lead the fucking dark hair girl that was her friend she look the, oh. that girl looks like she needs to be playing someone's best friend yes she is, she oh. is not the lead <laughs> now listen she she got that role because she looked like meryl streep that's why 
That doesn't make her act like Meryl Streep. No, but she looked it. That's all they cared about. It was a cheap, it was a, p- a poor man's Meryl Streep, and they were poor. It was a very poor man's <sighs> Meryl Streep. Yeah, it was a $2 million exactly. budget Meryl Streep. You want to Yeah, but fuck even Meryl back Streep? then, I didn't think Meryl Streep would. I don't think Meryl Streep even got attractive until she got older. I'm, I've like, never been in the She was young. Street. I never thought she was attractive. I don't think she is. Same thing with Jessica Lange. I think she looks better now than she did when she was young, but that's another story. Oh. Yeah. All right, we're getting off track. Okay, yeah. so uh, how in the fuck did did Freddy call Nancy and have his tongue come out of the phone when she was awake? That's fucked yeah. up. But but I came up with something. As I'm watching it last night, I was being critical about that whole scene. What, the conversation was so boring that she nodded off and then... No, 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 no. She, <laughs> because she had just admitted to Glenn shortly before that that she had been awake going on seven days, she may be just cracking up at this point. And micro-naps. There's where you get it from the it's remake. It's insanity. No, I hate the remake. It's being up for a week. It's being up for a week. You, you're, you're probably on the way to losing your mind. So that's how last night I was able to rationalize. I was, this doesn't make sense, but I said, you know what? She's fucking flipped the fuck out. She may be that scared and imagining it. Okay, so. I'll buy it. Right on. All right, so Johnny Deep. You know, we said that the thing in the bed, since, since we're wrapping it up here, we'll just go back to this for a second. The funniest thing was, and this is so true, they brought a stretcher to his house, and the guy goes, you don't need a stretcher, you need a fucking mop. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Like, that is classic. That is great writing. Agreed. <laughs> okay, now we're going to get to the part that is pure idiocy, you know. The whole end of this, this whole wrap-up, it sounds like Stephen King wrote it, man. Okay. Mother! So Nancy gets on the phone, and she and I know Jamie's going to go off about this. She tells her dad, I want you to wake me up 20 minutes from right now. Right. Awful. It'll be 12.15. Yeah, we're going to get the guy who did this. Mm -hmm. She proceeds to hang up. Go through her, go through her Kevin McAllister Home Alone, <laughs> uh, Home Alone for Dummies, and she rigs, I think four to five booby traps that would have taken twenty minutes each. Oh, easy. Pe- pending, she had all the stuff sitting there ready to go. Then, then this guy gets killed, sucked into the bed. I think. Oh no, maybe not. Maybe I'm no. I think I'm wrong. No, about this that. was. Before. This after after okay. He gets well, him. something happens. Something there's there's some kind of sequence that happens even after that. I forgot what it was though. Maybe what the phone call with with the, with uh, Glenn's father and all that shit. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She calls Glenn's father and he's like, "Sorry, uh, Glenn's no, because he was no that that happened yeah, no, before. That was before. Yeah, yeah that because was he like was dead already. Yeah, right." Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. He was dead already. My bad. <laughs> she goes okay. downstairs and talks to her mother. That she does, and then find out she's locked in. Yeah, cause she tries to. Wait, something doesn't or was make that any before? Sense. I know this is weird. It has to. What be are happening. you forgetting about uh, locked, Alex? Locked, Miss Nude locked. America? Because we're we're glossing over when when they to put the bars on the window. Dude, that happened way before this. Yeah, yeah that did happen before that. Yeah. Day, okay, the day before. Okay. It was right after Rod's, um, she goes, I'm going to go get her some help. Then they go to the sleep place, and, and she flips the fuck out, pulls the hat out, yeah, and all that shit. I like how he has a funeral, but Tina didn't have one. Yeah, Tina didn't have one, but how about this? At this at Rod's funeral, don't you think it's kind of presumptuous and 
kind of an asshole thing to do if you're the priest when you got all his loved ones and family there to say those who live by the sword will die by the sword. Yes. You're pretty much condemning shit. Right. You're condemning this guy who was never proven fucking innocent, guilty or anything. (laughs) And this is a loved one. He never even tried. Right. And he's all, you know, well, you live by the sword. And I thought that too. And I was was like, you're an asshole. Hey, you want to be an asshole? That's what happens to you. See you later, bitch. Okay, throw some dirt on this jerk-off. <laughs> like it's fucking Charles Manson's funeral or something, you know? Straight condemning the bastard. <laughs> but again, again, I'm going to mention this. Your boyfriend just died. Why are you so okay? Because she's, she's in shock. She's nuts, dude. She's been awake for a week straight. Because it's bullshit that they were boyfriend-girlfriend anyway. I don't believe that for a second. Like They I were said. best friends. Not even friends with Ben. Yeah, they were like she was a beard. first kiss. <laughs> but Joe, check it out. Once again, in this script, it could have been fixed so easily. Instead of saying, Daddy, come back in 20 minutes at 12.15, she, all she had to say was, Daddy, come back in one hour, and I'll have this fucker. Yeah. Once again, a small word in a script, that's three times now, that would have made the world of difference ultimately. Don't you love how nobody gives a shit about what she says in this movie? Like, nobody, like, twice she asked Glenn to stay awake and help her, and he's a dumbass. <laughs> then she asked her dad to save her, and he's just like, okay, baby, just get some sleep. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, wink, wink, I'm not going to do what you say. <laughs> and yeah, then he even tells, he tells the cop, he's like, look, if anything weird happens, come get me. And then she's screaming yeah. for her father. Oh. Go get my dad, you asshole. I mean, yeah. And then finally he goes, maybe I should tell the lieutenant about this. You fucking think? You know? At first he just looks up at her and the guy goes, hey, she looks pretty excited. He goes, she's fine. And he's (laughs) like, oh, it's going to be all right, he tells her. And then she goes through all this rigmarole. Freddie's chasing her around her fucking house. Then she goes back to the other window again, yells again. The guy's still there. Ah, Maybe I better tell the lieutenant. (laughs) Now what happens? So... I don't really like this ending. What do you think about it? I, uh, it kind of frustrates me because usually it doesn't bother me that much. But when I was watching it for this, I was um, trying really hard to make it make sense, which I realize you just can't do because, like she, she goes to sleep. She, she goes walks around sleep, into the boiler she room. Ends she? up, yeah. She's walking around in the. Oh, she finds the headphones. Glenn's headphones in the boiler room. Was his name on them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that was so we would know who they know. were or she would know who they were. Like, you wouldn't know anyway, but whatever. <laughs> um, um, and this is the part where I can't... It, it's so bizarre to me because I can't... I can't always distinguish dream from reality because after she pulls him back, she does all the booby. She traps him... Oh, yeah. She pulls him back in. She traps him upstairs in the bedroom because she's got that... Um, she rigs the door with the hammer, sledgehammer, the sledgehammer to fall. Then she runs downstairs and she's trying to get, she breaks the window and she's screaming for the guy to get her dad. And, uh, he takes forever to finally decide to do it. Uh, then Freddie breaks out from upstairs, gets hit in the stomach with the sledgehammer, runs down the stairs. She hits this light switch thing and blows him up. And then. No, you guys laugh about that, but it worked on Daniel Stern. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, then she ends up throwing him in the basement and lighting him on fire. Oh, which yeah. is an No, the awesome, fire is real life, though. That fire it's- is an amazing fire scene because this guy oh, is on yes. fire. 
he he goes he runs up the stairs chasing her out back out of the basement then he falls down the stairs and then he starts to climb back up all the time on fire do you know that was filmed at one time it looks amazing it is amazing and the guy won an award that year for the greatest fire stunt he should have yeah. So then she finally gets her dad's attention, and they come breaking in only by the time – and she's got him trapped in the basement. By the time they actually come in, the cops get there, and they she takes him to the basement. Freddie has already broken out of the basement, and you see the, the, the fiery footprints running yeah. through the house. Yeah. She, ch- she follows those upstairs, and that's where she sees him on top of the bed – I mean on top of her mother in the bed. He's and fucking then, her. And then her dad <laughs> runs in. Firecock. Throws a blanket over the whole thing, and then they sink into the bed. And that's when I'm like, okay, so she went to sleep. That part we know is a dream. The marshmallow stairs we know is a dream. She pulls him out of the dream into real world, and we see all the booby trap stuff happen. Then she chases him. She follows him upstairs where he's on the bed with her mother, which is still real world. So it makes no sense at all, like I said earlier, that you should be able to see her mother sink into the bed. Like she and her father, who are both wide awake, are standing there watching her mother sink into this misty bedlevator. And <laughs> and then she jumps on the bed, and the bed is solid. You know, when she's like, mother, mother, like she jumps on the bed to go after her, and the bed is suddenly a bed again. That makes no sense at all. No sense. Right. It's the transition from the real That's world because to it the all, dream. It's all a dream. That is why. The whole movie then was she a tells dream. him, "You're, you know, she starts to leave the room. Freddie comes back and she's like, I know you're there, Freddie, um, but I take back all the power I gave you, you're, which I think is honestly a cop out. And it's like, if you could, if it was that easy the entire time, why did we just go through all this bullshit? You know, if all you had to do was say, I take back all the power I give you, you're nothing, Freddie, and then walk out the door. Wait, you mean these red slippers? I would have been home in two minutes? Right. You know, I, I think it was, I mean, that was just a, here's a way to end the movie. Um, a little mushy, <laughs> little Pollyanna-ish, fucking love conquers all. Not love, but you know what I mean. It was me the whole time. We gave you the power. I'm taking it away. That was a little bit cheesy. But. I think so. It's a moot point because in the end, none of that shit really happened and Freddie wins. That's what's fucking great about it. And that's why you can explain the mother going into the bed. The same shit. None of that. I don't think none of that actually really happened. Maybe not the whole thing, but maybe when she went to sleep after Glenn was killed, she never actually did wake up. And although I'll tell you it was great when Freddie rose out of the bed after that shit happened, when you just see him coming up from them and he's in that elastic shit and he raises mm-hmm. up real high. That part was fucking badass. I but, still hide my face at that to this day. Oh, that's awesome. But well, I think that end. actually the way it went down production-wise is that whole mother through the window part, of that, that was just tacked on at the end. Like, it was never intended to, to end like that. Yeah, he wanted a happy ending. However, I like what you just said, Dave. <laughs> and I will, from now on, I will just pretend like none of that happened. It was all part of her dream. And in the end, she still hasn't woken up. Well, check it out. yo. I like that. It was a dream, and I'll tell you why. Because as soon as she said, you're nothing, you're shit, and Freddy disappears, right? And when he's about to kill her, I beat you. She opens up the door to the bedroom, where on the other side, there's going to be fire and cops and mayhem and all that shit. And she steps out on her front porch, and it's the next morning. Mm -hmm. Well, I just assumed that was for our benefit. You know, like, it was just a cut scene. No, I get that, but I'm saying... 
as soon as she, and then her mother just happens to say, oh, I feel good. I'm not going to drink anymore. And, and I don't feel like it anymore. Wraps yeah, up. That's, that's why to me. And then they pull up and now check it out. You're going to tell me just because of this that all of a sudden Johnny Depp and Tina and Rod are all alive again? Why would that happen? Just because she beat Freddie at the end, they would all still be dead. That's sure. why she's. That's what I'm saying. She's still dreaming. And then obviously when Freddie's thing, the convertible thing comes up and then she, you know, the, the windows go up and she's banging on the window and her mother's just smiling and waving. That would happen in a fucking nightmare because no mother's not going to realize what's going on. So then that happens. Then you see the amazing fucking part with the, the mother gets pulled through the window and the one, two. Amazing part. Dave, he pulled a fucking mannequin through a window. Yeah, but it's an amazing fucking I love it. I think it's that was it's, terrible. It's a no, great way it to end scares the, the shit out of me. They it's even admit it's terrible. It. Yeah, they admitted it. Conceptually, it's fucking an incredible. Okay, yeah, okay. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it didn't look fucking great. No, it's rubbery and whatever. But who would? Nobody expected it to happen. You wouldn't see that coming because it's so fucking out of this world. But once again. It is a dream. The entire well, that thing part is- I knew was a dream. It's just that the part that with her father and the and the bed and, and her mother, like when the cops bust in and then they all go upstairs and all of that, or you know all of the all of the booby trap stuff. It's yeah, that like, was real. That all I always took to be reality. But I kind of like thinking now that she thought she was kicking his ass, but it turns out that she was actually dreaming that she was kicking his ass. I kind of like that. That's yeah. that's even better. Well, See? you know, you know what else I'm thinking too now. This, 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 this might be me being kind of off base, but when he breaks out of the basement and goes upstairs, and they just see the fiery flip, how would she not know? You can't sneak past her and go upstairs on fire like that unnoticed. There's no way in hell. Well, that's true. No way in hell. Wow. Right, but but listen. In part two, they even said it's the, one of the first things they said. They said it more than once. The girl felt the girl went crazy after she saw her boyfriend get killed across the street. So she ends up in a fucking institution. That's the way they took it in the last movie. She didn't beat anybody. Her mother's fucking dead or whatever. That's end of the movie. I, I just think she went to bed to set yep. the alarm after the booby trap shit and and never woke up. Just, and then she had this whole dream. Right. How she wakes up the when the credits roll. That, that's what happens. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm going to have to buy that. I'm going to say that the bridge between the kooky ending and uh, her going to sleep and pull and grabbing him, I guess, that bridge of him being in the real world never happened. She intended to do that, so she just dreamed that she did. It's that simple. Yeah, and, you know, I like that. I like it a lot. And even if it wasn't intended to be that way, I think it should have been. So we win. Yeah, but we can make it that way. Just like we can make believe Paul lived at the end of Friday too, because he he sure can. She's There's nothing call- telling us he didn't. Right. She's calling for him. He might be talking to the cops or whatever. You know, like it's you just can- like John Shepard pulling his daughter fucking in, and that it wasn't Jason, which was your explanation at the end of Part Seven. I mean, that wasn't the dad pulling Jason down under. That was just more her telepathy, but. She saw it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Dig it. Because she's a fucking nut. She's in a fucking mental institution. See what we do on this show? Mm-hmm. We make it all make sense. <laughs> this is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Opening in theaters, Alexandra Daddario stars alongside The Rock in San Andreas. It's not her fault she's not nude here, so check her out on True Detective. Alexandra's jaw-dropping full frontal won her an Anatomy Award, and that'll make you harder than The Rock. 
This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Blu-ray, it's the second season of Showtime's Ray Donovan. Ray really cleans up this season, enjoying topless time with Paula Malcolmson and bearing witness to Vanessa Shaw's best nudity yet. Ray Donovan, more like Spray Donovan. Nude on HBO, 19-year-old Rosabelle Lorente Sellers makes her nude debut on Game of Thrones. She's playing one of the Sand Snakes of Dorne, but it's more like the Sand Snakes of Porn when she drops her top to taunt Bronn. Rosabelle will make your hoses swell. MrSkin.com Fast forwarding to the good parts. Alright, so it's rating time. The classic, the iconic A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. He was the last of the big four franchises to come around, but he made his mark. Freddy, or Fred Krueger, we like him more as Fred, because we like the serious stuff. Uh, So, (laughs) I don't think anybody here likes Benny Youngman, or whatever the fuck he became. (laughs) He does become Freddy, though. Later on, he does announce himself as Freddy. Save me from Freddy. Freddy's back. (laughs) Dave Z, how do you rate this? One out of five. Uh, Out of five stars, how do you rate this? All right, I love this fucking movie. I think it's an, uh, an epic movie. I love everything about it. Sure, there's some flaws, but there's some flaws in Halloween and Friday the 13th, too. Um, but I love them just as much, and I love this fucking movie. This is an American classic, and I give it five stars. All right. Jamie D. I do really enjoy this film a lot, and I appreciate it for what it is and, and what it led to. Uh, and it definitely deserves its place as a an icon within horror um however the first film in this series is not my favorite and for that reason i'm going to give it a four okay michael j it has johnny depp being sucked into a bed saying selma or at least it sounds like selma maybe it's Thelma. i don't know whatever (laughs) when he gets sucked into the bed he's like selma it made me think of that Martin Luther King movie that just came out a little while ago. Oh, I was yeah. thinking of the girl from fucking um, Scooby Doo. Ah, yeah, that that's would work Velma. What? Velma sound. They all, yeah, they all rhyme or sound the same or whatever. It's the first horror movie I ever saw, so it kind of like brought me into the world. I was like five, so. But ever since then, I always loved it, so I got to give it a five out of five. Too. Uh, this movie I did not ever really like uh, part two was always the best one to me uh, this one was just a great star and it did give us all the iconic stuff the imagery the music great scenes the iconic scenes um, uh, the acting was always terrible that didn't change uh, however and I always thought of the whole thing looked very cheap like a cheap uh, production but um, this time around that stuff didn't really occur to me. I don't know. I'm not really sure why. And I was more into the movie this time around as well. So I give this a 4 out of 5. So we got two 4 out of 5s and two 5 out of 5s. So that there you go, guys. That was Nightmare on Elm, A Nightmare on Elm Street. I hate leaving out the A because I like that. Yeah, I do too. I always try to make sure to put it in there. So there you go. So we will be back next week with uh, the follow-up, the controversial, the black sheep of A Nightmare on Elm Street movies. It is A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. You just saw him get uh, dicked around and this and that. See, he really shouldn't actually be going for revenge if you think about it the way we did because he won in every sense. Uh, 
There's nothing to have revenge about, but whatever. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> it works anyway, so there you go. See you next week as the Skeleton Crew's A Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective continues. Same bedtime, same dead channel. Ha 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 